Run. Turn around. Run away. Stop this craziness. She could turn back. Back to her parents. They need never know. She looks up and sees the slick of his dark hair settling on his wide shoulders. He is walking quickly but nonchalantly. How does he manage it? She keeps tripping and slithering. I don't want to look a fool. She must be grown up in front of him, a lot more than her seventeen years and ten months. Otherwise, otherwise, well, the otherwise is so unthinkable, she squashes the attempt of her mind to bring it to her attention. It is dusk and getting darker. They avoid the circles of yellow light thrown down by the street lamps. It is cold. It has been raining all day, the droplets like a beaded curtain she is continuously trying to push through. She slips again. She halts. She is panting, as if she has just run the last couple of kilometres. There is a stitch beginning to ache in her side. As she tries to slow her breathing, she hears a vehicle, a van perhaps. It is going fast. The tyres squeal, taking a corner at speed. Are they coming for us? They must be coming for us. She heaves herself forward. He is some metres in front of her now. She wants to shout out to him to slow down, but he had said not to communicate. If they are not seen communicating, they can deny all knowledge of each other. They are out for a stroll, separately. Why through an industrial estate in the rain would be a question they'd have to face, separately, and come up with an answer, separately. She quickens her pace and follows him around the corner. She can see his car hidden in the shadows. There is a young man and a young woman, jeans and denim jackets intertwined as they lean against the side of the vehicle. They are the passengers. They look up as he approaches, but do not unwrap themselves from each other. They nod and swap muffled greetings. All is quiet in front of her. Inside, her lungs and heart are pumping like parts of a steam engine, overcompensating for her exertion. She stops again to collect herself. She wants to walk up to them as cool as they are. The change in their faces and body language, from nonchalant to stricken and rigid, comes before she hears the footsteps and voice behind her. She turns. He is as startled to see her as she is to see him. What is he doing here? in that uniform. Her brain cannot compute. Luckily, or perhaps unluckily, surprise appears to have befuddled his brain too. All he can do for a moment is repeat her name. He backs away as well, as if attempting to withdraw from the situation. She shoves her right hand into her pocket. It hits metal. Her fingers grip the smooth curve of it. She pulls it out. Merely to frighten him off, make him run away, leave. Her hand shakes, the other comes to steady it. His mouth falls open, he doesn't move, he is frozen. In that moment, it is as if her hearing has regained its acuity and then some. She hears the flap of a piece of paper as it is caught against the base of the street lamp. She hears a scratching of tiny claws on tarmac, then she hears the van. The rest of his squad come to find him. Suddenly, there is a detonation of sound in front of her. The retort cracks at her wrist and batters up through her elbow to her shoulder. She drops the gun. It has become a roasting iron. There is a scream and shouting behind her. Her arm is grabbed and she is flung round. Let's get the fuck out of here, he says, 
his moustache a limp dark worm against the chalk of his face. 